That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Live in front of your naked, steaming eyes. How have you been, John? I've been uh, dandy myself. Uh, you're living in New York now. I don't understand it. You're living in L.A., you're in the convertible, you're drinking the daiquiri. What makes you come to New York... In the cold, snowy weather, you were living the life. Well, a lot of what Los Angeles is is, honey, baby, sweetie, doll, you look amazing. The hell I do. I haven't been to sleep since 1979. And New York will tell you that. New York will tell you that you look tired even if you don't. Hey, that sounds a lot more like the dinner table in my family when I was Absolutely. growing up. This is you grounding know? you, by the way. I don't do well with support. I do better with abuse. You know, my family, oh, really? <laughs> when I was eating dinner, were the ones who told me, kid, you should have been a sailor instead of a singer because you're mutiny on the high seas. And that sounds more <laughs> like New York's sense of humor. <laughs> Wait, your family told you that? <laughs> yeah, it was my papa told me, don't be humble, kid. You're not that good. Fire podcast, bitches. Well, these girls, girls, I am. Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, and I'm joined, as always, with the Foggy Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, Luce. How are you this morning? I am excellent. I'm enjoying my Java. And uh, yes, this is, uh, man, I feel like I'm on rehab. This is the second or third episode in a row we've done sober. What do you think? <laughs> well, I'm sober now. I still got time. Oh, that's true. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, man, I think we're coming in hot for 2020. My God, I mean, the yeah, last the debut episode, episode was a was a solid one. Oh, lots of feedback. We covered, you know, it's it's nothing like starting off the new year with some some comments about racism, misogyny, and also the death of a parody account, Paul Stanley, P A W L. Any updates on that? 
Well, there was a, a news story by Alternative Nation that actually ran with it that, that mentioned that the fraud or something like that was called out. And I'm like, who are they calling a fraud, first of all? It was a parody account. Um, but <laughs> no. it was one of the worst written news stories. But it was kind of cool that, you know, P.A.W. Paul got uh, got some, uh, some you know, I don't know, what do you, what do you call that, national coverage, something like that? Uh, international coverage, my, okay. my friend. I mean, I mean there's nothing – I love the article because it was nothing but clickbait. It made no sense. It sounded like I was saying Paul Stanley is a fraud or somebody's a fraud. You get there, and then it's also talking about other things that we'll cover later. Yeah, would it kill uh, him to mention me or Rob or maybe no. our podcast where we announced it? Where It really should have been the source for that, right? I mean, that's the first official proclamation was our, our, our debut episode of 2020. No. I, I've seen better posts written by Tommy Lee than that hmm. article. <laughs> oh, but yeah, Chris Sinzak tried to fire it up on Facebook and get it going again. He pulled the Robin Eye. Yeah, in. what was that? Um, well, yeah, he just wanted, he didn't want Paul to die. Uh, is he, is he back? Are you, is that going to be used? Or no, is it I, it's already down. And, you know, oh, the thing okay. is I kind of tipped him off. I'm like, well, we'll, we can see how it goes. But we had a Facebook page back in the day. Most people don't remember because it got yanked oh. pretty quick. Oh. And, um, p- Facebook has different standards than Twitter at least used to have. I'm not really not sure. There's still tons of parody accounts on Twitter. So I'm, I'm, I'm really miffed at what the issue was, but honestly, after kind of going through that for a few hours, it was kind of fun to relive it for a second. But I think for me personally, coming out and saying, you know, you know, yeah, this was me and I was doing this was kind of my way to move on. And so maybe right. it was for the best. And Rob feels like it's time to put it to bed, too. He's going to be sharing old tweets on Facebook every Friday, it sounds like. So, <laughs> oh, right. but uh, it's this, all good. It was cool. It was cool seeing the, the feedback and support. Uh, from everybody when you came out, which is, I'm sure, the same thing as kind of like uh, uh, Bruce Jenner. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What, you need Who to know? LGTBQP, P for parody account. <laughs> That's right. It's a whole different organization. Yeah, all people, right. People, people that support. People <laughs> maybe, that come- maybe I'll uh, I'll make a shirt like that and just take a marker and draw a P on it. At the end, and go to like uh, the, the gay uh, the gay pride rally next year this summer coming up. But uh, you should, I think it'd be great. Just you're, you know, you're... a talking piece, <laughs> right? Exactly. Just a big bald Paul Stanley on the back of the shirt. The struggle too. is real. I need a hug. You know. Um, <laughs> you know, we did have a funeral for a jerk sock. You think Paul would have deserved one too? You know. <laughs> Man, I think we should do an official. We've never buried him. He may have died, but right now he's just laying on the street. I think we do need a proper burial for him. Yeah, he's in the cooler. We'll wait for the ground to thaw, and we'll do it this spring. <laughs> I like it. So, what else you got going on, Baco? Well, as you know, I'm down with the millennials. Have you heard of the White Claw Challenge? No, but I, I understand there is no laws with it. No, like most things that the millennials do, if it, it has the word challenge attached to it, it typically is going to be a very unchallenging uh, task. Um, but and it has to be it has to be filmed, I assume too. Of course, it no. has to go viral. I mean, I'm sure you can do it without filming, but uh, what would what would the point be if nobody saw it? Right. And of course, I'm probably going to d- describe this wrong because you know I'm I'm an old man who tries to cling on to youth. Um, but yeah, the white claw challenge, as I understand it, is someone hands you a white claw, you're required to slam it. That's the entire challenge. Yeah, that's my understanding of it. But uh, you know, go online and figure it out. But uh, so I, I adapted that a little bit over Christmas. I told everybody at the Christmas, you know, at a Christmas gathering with the, the family that I secretly put white claws in a handful of packages, and if somebody opened one, they had to slam it on the spot. <laughs> what I did tell them is that I put a white claw in everybody's present but mine. 
<laughs> so everybody was all fucking hammered and pissing themselves over White Claw by the end of the, the Christmas thing. But uh, no, it, it reminded me um, of uh, something from a while back. I, I, th- I think I touched it on the show. But I don't know if I got into a lot of deep detail because now I want to announce my own challenge for like a Cobras and Fire challenge. Okay, now you've been to a Chipotle restaurant, I assume. Yes. Yes. Not all of them, but some of them serve like beer and margaritas. Uh, have you seen that? I have not, but you know Starbucks does that too at places. So I'm sure. Really, there's a Starbucks that serve alcohol. Yeah. Okay, we're officially going to lump in any Starbucks that sells alcohol into the same equation. You can do it oh. either place. Okay. Um, but uh, the, but for the better part, I think it's best if it's just Chipotle. But I, you know what? It's just as ridiculous if you do it there. But here is uh, the Cobras and Fire Chipotle Challenge. That's what we're going to call it, okay? Because yeah. I've always thought, it, like, when I've been in there, I've never ordered a drink at Chipotle. I mean, I, if pop or water is what I'm getting when I eat, typically. Of course. And, and, uh, but definitely at Chipotle. I always thought it was odd. It's like, who the fuck comes and gets water? One Corona at Chipotle <laughs> to have with their, you know, you know, ridiculous burrito. It pairs well. But then I thought, what if that's all you got? You, you know, you're in line. It's lunch. They're busy as fuck, and you're like, can I get two Coronas? And yeah. like, you know, and of course, it's not like a bar staff. These are, you know, high school, early college kids typically working there. Right. Yeah. You know, are they even equipped to deal with this? You know what I mean? So, and then just continue to only drink. Just get fucked up in a Chipotle. <laughs> how fucking ridiculous would that be? I, and would they cut you off? Would they know how to handle this? Like, what's this guy doing? All he's done is ordered eight margaritas. Well, they have to have somebody that's older to actually hand you the beer. The high school kids can't hand it to you. It's like I think it's well, the law is very state by state and city by city. So oh. I got to assume that's why you know some of these locations have them and some don't. But anyway, there's my calling. Uh, if you if you do this, go out and uh, just uh, save your empties, take a picture and share it with us on the Cobras and Fire group. Uh, if and if there's ever a chance that I we can do it together, let me know. I, I want to be there and I want to get fucked up in a Chipotle. It is officially a bucket list item for me. It's as challenging as drinking one white claw. So I I really just want to see how the Chipotle staff handles it because it's just ridiculous the idea that some like just especially if you had like a group of guys. Like, yeah. you know, four dudes just no. sitting in one of those, like, fast food fucking, you know, uh, tables. Yeah, you know, no, like a little no, booth no, 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 and no, no, no. just piling up fucking Corona bottles. I, I think that, that, that you're – this is the way you do it. First off, this is the Chipotle challenge. Is that we're going to call it? Cobras and Fire Chipotle challenge. Okay, I like it. I like it. So my way of doing it would be go there, order your burrito that is just under 1,000 calories, healthy, and uh, go there, order – Order two Coronas, but bring your own bucket. You know, bring your own bucket to put them in, just like a bucket of Coronas to start out with, and just keep adding to said bucket. You need nobody there. You need to be at a table by yourself, just slam, slamming Coronas. You know, if you order any food at all, it's you ruin it. So no, no food. Oh, this bring is your only- own bucket. Fine, yeah. Get- it gets let, less let ridiculous if you order you know, food and a drink, if because it. But if you go in there with the sole purpose of like I'm getting drunk, like you're going into <laughs> a, a dive bar, nobody would bat an eye if you walked into a dive bar and never ordered one of their frozen pizzas. But Chipotle, oh, okay. if you never order a burrito or any food, you no. This challenge is food free. Eat before you go. Don't okay. don't don't go hungry or don't go where you're going to need to eat. Nope. The, the, that's, the, that's the point of the challenge. How will the staff handle somebody who only orders alcohol? Then, that, then I'm going to refine it. You bring your own bucket, like a Homer bucket from Home Depot. You take that in there. You get six Coronas. You put them in there. You sit your, your bucket uh, on the top of the table. 
you slowly, oddly eye all the children while you're drinking, and 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 you just hum to yourself slowly as you as you're you're polishing off Corona by Corona, and yeah, uh, the, the the problem with what you're doing here, show who does that in a bar. I'm saying treat Chipotle like it's a dive bar. You don't bring a bucket into a dive bar. You don't oddly stare at children. See, Go listen, with a couple I'll, friends. Get drunk at 2 in the afternoon at a Chipotle. Keep going up to the counter and saying, can I get another round? You know, this is almost as much as when they started uh, serving beer at, at Chuck E. Cheese, I realized, when I was going to these kids' parties. is I would love to be cut off at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be all right, too, man. Uh, but there, there you could. Uh, I, I guarantee someone's gotten hammered and gotten into a fight at a Chuck E. Cheese. Don't you think that's that's really oh. not much different than a fucking kid's, you know, baseball game? You know, you hear about no, that shit all no. the time. So exactly, no, that's that's good. But but yeah, I like your thing. You know, just sit yeah. By I'm the not window. suggesting people get belligerent, other than loud and and obviously intoxicated. But but be a good drunk. If you're an angry drunk, don't do this. I'm not. I'm not encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, listeners. Uh, the Cobras and Fire Chipotle Challenge. Feel free to to take advantage of this and, and share any any evidence of you out there doing it, even if it's just you and a couple guys at a table at a Chipotle with beers. Uh, we'll we'll consider that a win. Uh, but yeah, and tell us no how, food. Yeah, no no food. Uh, if you get food, don't don't even bother. If there's food no, on your table, we're gonna we're gonna mock and ridicule you. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, there it is. So, uh, and definitely if you do it, share it and also make sure you have a safe ride. We want to make sure if, you know, have fun with alcohol, but, uh, don't take it too far. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cobras and fire on Twitter. Our handle is at Cobras find <laughs> at Twitter. Our handle is at Cobras fire. Join us on the Facebook group, uh, the private group. Cobras on Fire. You can just search Cobras on Fire on Facebook and you'll find it. And you can connect with other listeners like yourself. And of course, Luce, what's the best way to connect all the stuff in the Cobras and Fire universe? Yeah, just head over to CobrasandFire.com where you'll find all of our episodes, also any articles. We've got our Cobra and Fire store with all kinds of cool stuff there. And one click, you can subscribe to any podcast app as well that we're on and don't forget uh, every thursday at 10 o'clock eastern you can hear us on 10 p.m eastern i should say on the uncontrolled noise radio network just search uncontrolled noise with a z in your google machine and that'll come up uh apologies if you tuned in last thursday because i forgot to send the episode but you'll hear it next week did anything i missed loose if you are a stitcher listener or even if you are not just go to stitcher.com slash premium, and if you enter the code COBRA, you can get zero ads, premium content, and bonus episodes for free for 30 days. Check it out.
live as one in perfect harmony. It requires common sensibility to teach an intellectual capacity that I believe is in the air, but everywhere is the ultimate act of treason. So few could be aware that their nation's heart is episode of Decibel Geek, The Mothership, uh, came out this week, yes. and it is the countdown of Aaron and Chris's top 10, 10 records. And the very first song Chris plays, he kind of talks about, he sets up the song this way. He says, you know, there's a lot of kind of heavy subject matter in some of the songs he was going to play that day, but sometimes you just need a song that that is just fun. And then he played a song that is about uh, two people dying in a car crash. <laughs> Is that the <laughs> I did notice that by Ron Keel, yes? Yeah, he's like, sometimes you just need something fun to listen to, and then he played Hearts Gone Wild. It's like, did you hear how that song ended? <laughs> they were halfway to Vegas when that sun came up. She never saw that semi truck. They were full of desire when they ran out of luck. And the song was halfway done. She woman in a rambling mill Lost highway without a plan But she won't get fooled again Hearts gone wild I actually knew what he meant. I mean, of course, I'm just you know, nitpicking here. Yeah, because well, I mean, come on. Detroit Rock City's fun. People die. Oh, that's true. Well, one yeah. people or person? Ah, one person. One person with a really bad stereo. <laughs> well, it was the 70s. Car stereos really have come a long way. That's true. That's oh, true. Oh, man. But yeah. Earlier this week when I woke up, I, of course, did do the first and most important thing I do every day, which is go right to Facebook to see what's going on. <laughs> and uh, I was flooded with video footage of David Lee Roth's opening night performance from his Las Vegas residency. So I went down the rabbit hole and watched a couple of videos and, oof, ah. Uh, it was pretty bad, um, and I'm talking about him. Uh, so, of course, I shared some stuff on on, on on our page and my personal page and and had some exchanges with people. Most of the blowback seems to be this is terrible, but there are some people taking it kind of personally because um, it is bad, and he's got you know piped-in background vocals, all this stuff. Did you happen to chance to see any of this? Uh, I, I did. Nothing really on it? or uh, It is what it is. I don't right. have much to say. Go ahead. 
All right. Well, my, my couple thoughts, at, you know, they, they, that hit me shortly after this kind of started to, to spread kind of like a, a, some kind of viral disease uh, in, in our in our in our group of friends. This is kind of a, a talking point. But anyway, this is kind of Dave, though. You know what I mean? If it's almost reminds me of like the blowback of the Motley Crue, like, yeah, well, Vince can't sing, you know, because they just announced their reunion and people are acting like this is news. He didn't. He gained a few pounds after Motley Crue, but he hasn't been able to sing for twenty years. And Dave, for me, I mean, have you heard the song "Slam Dunk"? Uh, that's a studio recording <laughs> that sounds like shit. And what about the Van Halen live record with the big boat that came out after the reunion? Listen to that and tell me how good Dave is. So I'm not really surprised, other than some of the the defensiveness. Like you know, there's some comments. I got into it with Stephen Michael, you know, playfully, of course. Stephen's like, I'm just hoping to have good time with some friends and drink some beers and and rock and roll. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Nobody said you can't go enjoy yourself you know what i mean why do people do that it's like you know why because they're taking it personal they're like fuck i look like an idiot for buying tickets to see this shit i better come up with a reason oh go have fun i don't care my comment and nobody's comment was about anybody but david laroth's performance (laughs) i love laroth so go ahead laroth 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 loose cannons just blown up right now wouldn't you love if there was actually a like a, a cover band called David Laroth. <laughs> it's, it's like it was, a French much, Canadian. <laughs> that's what I mean. It was, and then there's another one just called David the Roth. Oh, maybe maybe something like Jean Paul Laroth. <laughs> uh, Continue, please. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, David Lee Roth. Uh, yeah. That sounds like a country guy. It does actually. Mm, now when you say it, yeah. Billy Ray. Yeah, David yeah. Lee. Anyway, so look, it is what it is. It's bad. If you can't admit that, it doesn't. Don't 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 ask me when my record's coming out or where's my tour. What does that have to do with anything? We all have a right to have an opinion, and I don't even think this counts as an opinion. There no. is no measure that this is good. Other than I bet if you were there and you had a couple drinks, it was probably entertaining and fun. I will say I just saw this morning before we recorded this uh, a more recent show, and it was mildly better. <laughs> but I know the uh, one thing Steven said I did want to hit on real quick was that, well, if we had cell phone videos back in the day, all these bands we thought were great. There is plenty of live footage of all the bands we think are great back in the day, including Van Halen, and it's better. Look, that doesn't. If this was one bad night, I'd get it. But this has been his twenty-year trajectory. This is him. This is what you get. And at least you know he's he's lined up on the right tour. It seems like opening for Kiss. Maybe Paul can help him out. <laughs> you want to throw it to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and before I kick it to you, I will tell you this: if I had one more Paul Stanley tweet, it would be Dave. I know a guy lived to win. Anyway, <laughs> knows a guy. You did. Yes. You, you don't sound like you have too much to say on the matter, Luz. Well, I didn't, but now you got me fired the fuck up. I have a lot to say now. <laughs> All right, let's go. My view is a little uh, more big picture, but first I'm going to go to something you just said. I think you're completely correct. You're not giving an opinion. You are in a court of rock showing evidence and letting the jury decide any jury if you took somebody from a if you took somebody that's never heard of Van Halen before had never even seen music Billie Eilish before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go and put, a, put him in front of it and said what do you think of this go ahead 
No, I, it's said- a girl. <laughs> what? Billie Eilish is a girl. Oh, I thought it was that guy that was uh, uh, the the effeminate guy on uh, Parks and Rec. Is uh, that his name? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know comedians or this guy. Just like when I completely miss, didn't understand Carry who Josh Timmy was talking about. Carry right. on. Just, but yeah, if you were to take this evidence of of Dave singing and put it in front of anybody, they would look at it and go, uh, "No, that's not good." And then the next question would be, "Would you pay for it?" No, of course I wouldn't pay for it. And that's where I'm getting to right now is rose-tinted glasses or however you want to do it or romanticizing the past and everything that goes into people. Let me tell you, our theme on this show, when I see this stuff, this this is what got me all fired up, is that rock is not dead. But you know what is killing – and I'm, I'm going to tell you you're guilty about this, people. You know what is killing rock and roll, the future rock and roll? is this. Is mm-hmm. anybody – and I'm going to call you out. I'm not going to pull any punches. Anybody that spends money on this um, – on this – Kiss tour with David Lee Roth opening, or spends money on the Motley Crue tour. I'm not even saying to have it to enjoy yourselves. I'm saying you are taking money away from artists that are coming up, and you're supporting artists that have no reason or credibility, or or should feel guilty about performing and taking said money. Okay. And plus, I'm gonna go to plus you're you're go- feeding the beast in Live Nation, Ticketmaster, uh, and the whole secondary market. The, they're dominating all this stuff, so you're making things worse. You know, you really want you want change. You think ticket prices are too high? Stop fucking buying them and stop supporting all these old acts that really can't do it anymore. Sorry. Carry yes, on. and that's and that's the whole thing. I mean, I look at this as as soon as they before any of this came out and everything. When I saw that David was opening for Kiss, I thought, "Wow, Paul is a genius. He's putting on somebody that sounds shittier than he does <laughs> to open to open for him. So when he hits the stage, people say, and I've already posted this, eh, not that bad. You know what I mean? Like the the only other artist that could do something that was that that knew that Kiss could bl- could look exciting and interesting at this point is putting a fucking painter up there. David Lee Roth is the painter of rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. This is the this is the person they're putting out there. And on top of that, I don't even think you know this road is called what the end of the road tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, this should be called truth and advertising that the road ended and they're they're still driving. Like <laughs> Thelma, they're like they're like Thelma they're and off Louise the road tour. Yes, they are Thelma and Louise, Dave and Paul in the front of the car, just flying <laughs> into the Grand Canyon with 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 you in the fucking back going going down with them. So. I am just saying from all these these bands, that from the Joe Elliott's and the backing tracks and all this kind of stuff, I'm taking a stand. I have not – we at the Cobras and Fire head, uh, Corporation headquarters, we have transparency. And the transparency is this. We are not going to that tour. We have not seen Kiss since all they've they've been this bad. You have not seen Kiss in quite a while because we are men of integrity, men of not going and validating Things that are not good. Can we at least? I also say blew that? all my money in Rock and Pod last year. So, <laughs> what does that even mean? That's good. I had ten beers. I don't have money for concerts anymore. Oh, that's true. That's the actual truth. We're actually very poor. So, but uh, <laughs> I drove. For, I drove for Uber at one point. Yeah. The, uh, no, but listen. But I'll, I'll back up on that and everything because I guarantee that some of our some of our friends that have posted things that are in opposition of it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we are. Not, I just want to make sure you understand this. What I am saying is, let's just take our opinions out of it. This is not an opinion. This is the actual truth. They are not good performers at this point, and spending your money takes money from new rock acts, and 
supports the the beast, like you said, the machine. That's it. Those things are facts. Can we at least say that? Yeah, and there's the irony of it. The same people that are clinging on to this stuff like it's a, a dinosaur about to die are basically ensuring what they care about does die. And and to me that 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 is kind of something that should matter. It's it's like if if these things matter to you, like if music is really important to you, you want it around for the next generation. If rock music matters, if the Grammys pisses you off, do something about it. If ticket prices are too high, stop fucking buying them. Vote with your wallet. Yes, take that two hundred dollars. And I know that these podcasters. What's funny about it is, is a, 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 I'm talking to podcasters specifically, not just our listeners. It's a contradiction because they are supporting new rock bands. But take that two hundred dollars sure. that you're going to spend on that concert, and and buy you know ten ten vinyl records. Buy some stuff that that is, that is for the the new yeah whatever t-shirts whatever to support. Take that and and funnel it that way and tell these heritage acts that you are mad as hell and you're not going to take it anymore.
So Tuck and the Restless Hearts, formerly of the Biters, they just announced that they are opening for the Motley Crue tour. Uh, does that mean you're going? Oh yeah, that's my excuse. That's my that <laughs> new, new new rock and roll. That's my that's my ticket in. All right, the the Coburn Fire double standard. It's called the double standard. <laughs> but, but seriously, on that end too, that's now five acts. Where is he playing? Yeah, like, like, it's, in the it's parking not, lot. Uh, he's like a, he's in the all, all, in the concourses while people are getting their nachos and beers, and that really just means that everybody's going to be play pretty short in sets. Kind of like what we saw with uh, Gene when he was in St. Paul. You know, oh, yeah. remember the opening acts all played like three songs. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be quite that bad, but I bet you talk gets 20 minutes. Yeah, and they also said Texas Hippie Coalition's opening for uh, for David Lee Roth, so I'm going to that one too. So you'll see me <laughs> at both concerts. I have to admit, a little, you know, one last thing in that. I, I have such admiration for Dave and his career and respect for what he's done. For some reason... Seeing him get old, like from, well, I was actually more bothered by the fact that his body just can't quite do what he used to, you know, because um, he is—he was just the king of, of that whole movement. He—he he basically is responsible for the entire look of every lead singer from the '80s, you know, hard rock metal bands. And I mean, come on, like a song like "Dance the Night Away," it, it's just not the same without a ten-minute intro. <laughs> anyway, makes it better. Go ahead. Well, uh, speaking of legacy acts, Ozzy has a new album coming out in February. It's going to called uh, Ordinary Man. We talked a little bit about it a few weeks back. Um, but uh, one thing I wanted to get on, uh, it's, it's been a few weeks, so this is kind of old news, but that's kind of how we have to do it on this show. But uh, there was a, a report from the Weekly Observer that Ozzy was uh, on his deathbed. Uh, he had gotten pneumonia. It, it cited a statement from Sharon Osbourne, and then it just turned out that that was all you know, not true. But uh, did okay. you see any of that? I didn't see that. The last thing I knew is when he tripped over his slippers. Yeah, no, this is recent. Is like, I think, uh, let's see, what's the date on the article here? Uh, so, yeah, this is, um, oh, God, I, it doesn't have a date here. This uh, it, this comes as late as, like, I don't know, it was, I think it was in the middle of December, right around there. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, Kelly Osborne uh, had something to say about it. That I'm going to read her comment, and then I want to get into that a little bit. Please. Uh, t- so she posted on Instagram, Today I had a wonderful start to 2020. I went out to lunch with my family, then spent the rest of the day laughing and hanging out with my dad. I come home to read sickening articles about my dad supposedly being on his deathbed. Sometimes the media makes me sick. It's no secret that my dad has had a rough year when it comes to his health, but come the fuck on. This is utter bullshit. A couple things... <sighs> I am re- I really, and I'm, I'm being serious here. I am just sick to death of this blanket, false news, blame the media bullshit, no matter what we're talking about. If someone got it wrong, they got it wrong. I wouldn't be fucking terribly surprised if this was a, a fucking bullshit story leaked by Sharon Osbourne. It's not like she is not known for shady fucking maneuvering. Uh, he does have an album to come out to promote, which we're going to get into here in a second. But you want, you know what, Kelly? Come the fuck on. This is utter bullshit. Blame the source. Call them out. Say who got it wrong. But this blanket bullshit that everybody does, it's just this lazy shit. Like, yeah, can't trust anything the media says. The news. Look, there's some truth to that. But we aren't helping the thing by just fucking saying the media. Because what people who say that really mean is when I agree with it, it's fact. When I disagree with it, that's just bullshit. So I, fuck you, Kelly. I, I really have no patience for celebrity children who really, 
have basically don't have the the perspective of what it's like to actually live in the real world. I, I addiction hits people of all different groups because I know she's had her battles with that. But you had a pretty cake life, and I ain't mad at you. I'm not jealous, but just stop being such a little piece of shit. <laughs> not now, Camaro. You sound a little bit mad, but I, what I like the most at about her. the. I'm not mad that she was born into money and didn't have to work. I did like that at the end of the post, it had a link to buy her version of Changes on iTunes. <laughs> All right. And with that, here's Kelly Osborne with Changes. <laughs> what else you got to say about uh, Nothing on that. I mean, so you didn't even hear about the hoax. Sounds like it was actually much more recent than I'm than I'm uh, even crediting it. It was or it had to be. No, I mean, December. like I'm saying, like uh, I don't follow James Kotek nor nor uh, Kelly Osborne. So you're the source of news for me on both those subjects. OK, good enough. Um, <laughs> well, let's get to uh, Ozzy. He leaked another uh, he, uh, song out. It is the, uh, the the title track for the album Ordinary Man. Again, I think it's the end of February. It's coming out, something like that. And we both had a chance to hear it. Uh, you know, it's not bad. Uh, but uh, one of the things that, that irritated me about the lead up to this is that, like, about a week ago, the the headline on Blabbermouth and, and Brave Words and, and such was Ozzy is working on a song with Elton John. A week later, the song is the title track of the album coming out. So, no, Ozzy worked on a song. This album is in the can, I guarantee it. They did, Well, as you uh, broke down in a couple episodes back, he needed to have it done six months ago for the vinyl pressings. Oh, that, that's true. I forgot about that part. So, yeah, I mean, again, um, you, my thoughts, on, why don't you talk about the song and I'll share what my, my thoughts when you're done. Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> we're probably going to have some differing opinions, but... Man, the first time I played this, obviously, first off, it's a ballad. It's a piano ballad mm-hmm. that kind of builds uh, to guitar and drums halfway through. But think kind of like a changes or something like that. Uh, but the first thing out of the bat is the melody, everything like that, very Beatlesque, and it, I immediately like the hooks. Now, Ozzy's auto-tuned, as he is uh, want to do at this part of it. I don't think he's he auto-tuned. Can, it okay. sounds like a straight mono track, honestly. I mean, it, it might be doubled, but it, I think it was probably doubled on one take. Well, I, okay, like, like I said, we'll disagree about that a little bit. I can hear kind of the pitch changes. In my end, that's what I hear. But the but the fact that he – first off, the song itself I think is a solid song. Uh, his choice to be paired with a better vocalist <laughs> than <laughs> him is, was an interesting uh, decision. Um, I think Elton John actually – actually, if you didn't tell me it was Elton John, I'm not even sure if I would know. He sounds very raspy, but his is basically just a pure uh, recording, I think, on, on his end. But I really like it. It actually reminds me a lot of uh, It's All Right, you know, off of mm-hmm. whatever that – That's a good comparison. That, yeah, and the guitar tone on the last – it has like a minute and a half um, guitar solo, et cetera, uh, going over everything at the end. And, and it just really reminds me of that track. So I didn't – this is the first one that I actually do like, and it's complete departure – but um, I, before you jump in here with your comments too, I uh, I looked at the song credits and it basically, as we talked before, it's 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 basically Post Malone's um, producer. There's a songwriter that's written all kinds of pop songs for everybody, and then and it has five songwriters. It's got Chad Smith, Duff McKagan, and then lastly is Ozzy. Where yeah, if he gave recent- the bass player and drummer songwriting credit, he just did that to piss off Bob Daisley. I'm putting Sharon Osbourne behind that. Well, I'm just saying he's last <laughs> on, on, the, on the list too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is true. The drummer. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He's just throwing stuff on Fuck there. But yeah. Fuck slack. All right. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, it's for, if you were to take the whole, yeah, I would actually probably prefer the song anymore if it wasn't Ozzy. It's just a good 
catchy song to me. It's it's not that bad. It, 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 it maybe is the one that stuck with me more than the other two tracks. I haven't hated anything that, that he's released, but none of it's blown me away either. The one thing yeah. that, that's starting to... The picture's coming clear now that uh, this sounds... When you put all three songs together... And and I've read some of the comments by the producer who, who wrote most of the music in, uh, for the record. Right. Um, and he basically, he talked about how he got to be Randy Rhodes for a day and all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> first of all, I've heard the guitar playing up to this point. No, you haven't. No, you weren't. No, you didn't. Right, right, Whatever, right, right. however you want to put that. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like somebody in his mid-20s who just discovered Ozzy, who's in a position to actually do something like this, and it's kind of a paint by numbers, kind of like a like a Aussie for dummies kind of version of, of of what he is. But I like the vocal from both Ozzy and Elton John because you know these these are two you know legendary singers uh, who have iconic voices, but they've both aged, and and it's just kind of nice to see it in kind of more of a laid back fashion, and, and like the ballad really helps just hear kind of the where their voice is at now. These are men in their seventies. So I I, I, I I don't know. I, I think it's good. I'm looking forward to actually hearing the rest of the record as much as I may have just slammed it. But, yeah, the guitar playing is probably going to be pretty disappointing because it has been up to this point. And I only mention that because Ozzy's always had, you know, next-level guitar players that, that weren't just uh, technicians, but, but they just had a flair and a pop to the way they played. And this just sounds like... I don't know. He hired me to play guitar on this. I don't know. It, 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 that, Bad choice there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. You're nothing but a banger. Yeah, well, that's true. I probably couldn't pull off some of the, 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 the slickness of this. I'm, a, I'm more of a banger. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, I don't think the guitar playing is notable at anything I've heard to this point. Even the Slash solo doesn't sound like Slash. So I, whatever. It is what it is.
let's lighten it up here a little bit, Lewis. One, one sure sign that PAW Paul Stanley is no longer on Twitter is that Gene Simmons tweeted out that he likes to put ice cubes in his cereal. <laughs> okay. He felt the world was safe to share that now, knowing that you know, he, Paul Stanley couldn't tear into him. He's in a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> safe space. Gene safe Simmons space. is easily, easily triggered. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I remember seeing that post, and it wasn't the post itself, but the comment that I saw without any kind of punctuation, which I always think is funnier yeah. for some reason on social media, by, by Josh Toomey of the Talk To Me podcast. It just says, Gene is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i don't know it just it just it just uh i I i've never heard of this before anybody doing this i mean i i've i guess i i've put fruit in my cereal from time to time i'm trying to think like i've put cereal on ice cream before uh like vanilla ice cream throw some fucking cheerios or something on there little little grape nuts but uh ice apparently he thinks it keeps his his milk icy cold wouldn't it just yes. slowly water down? The, I mean, you're going to eat a bowl of cereal fast enough, but, I mean, aren't those cubes ending up in his mouth at times and he's spitting them back <laughs> into the bowl? I mean, this just sounds like a, a gross Gene Simmons thing. Again, why well, why you don't eat with him, according to PAWL Paul Stanley? I think we should send a message to Nick Simmons to show him how to turn down the temperature on his refrigerator. That might solve the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, how warm does he have an ice box like back in the 1800s that just gets slightly lukewarm and then you have to add ice cubes? That was the only thing his mom was able to to bring with her from when she uh, uh, migrated to uh, to the United States was her her refrigerator from the 20s. It was was the refrigerator and a game of marbles. That's what it was. Or the Chinese call them checkers. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, we are talking about a guy who's like picked a hamburger off the ground and ate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but can you see that? Like he's in, the, he's placing. Wasn't he eating like Oreo cereal too? Like yeah, well, actually, there's like, a yeah. It's uh, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, yeah it's so just, he's eating that. He is adding the ice cubes to it. Uh, um, he's slowly taking them out. I, I uh, is this on his rider? Too? Yeah, one, yeah, this is like the Kiss Tour writer. You're like, you know, right next to Ace Frehley's you know, $10,000 of champagne. Uh, Gene yeah. needs uh, four, uh, five pound bags of ice cubes at, uh, <laughs> and, and a box of fucking Oreo cereal at every show. Maybe Good he gets, Lord. hey, maybe he gets his milk the old fashioned way. He's got a cow outside. He just squirts it in oh. the bowl. So it comes out body temperature and he's got to throw the fucking cubes in there. That is true. That's next level. He's he's a man. You know, he's he's a man. He recycles. He composts. I'm sure. Um, and he has he has his own ch- he has his own chickens and cows for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I would love to see Gene uh, butcher a chicken. I'd like um, to see him milk a cow. <laughs> Actually, that'd be fun too. Uh, wait, there had to be. There was something on. Uh, fa- well, I guess he was trying to extract bull semen on one of oh the episodes God. of Family Jewels because. Okay. Because that's what. How'd you that's like what to he get, does. Can you imagine getting like the the episode list of the year, and one of them just says episode five: Gene extracts bull semen. <laughs> Hello.
Before we get out of here, there was some sad news to report um, that Neil Pert passed away. Um, I, I, I think one of the least surprising things about finding this out was that it was a complete surprise. He has just been a very reclusive uh, person. I mean, he is. if you watch that Rush documentary, he actually gets into it. It's just not really his thing to be out there with people. And uh, he he wrote a lyric, you know, I can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. From I think it's from Limelight, but so that that just is the kind of person he was, you know. I mean, uh, even Taylor Hawkins talked about meeting him and how it was like kind of bristly. And then you know the other guys in the band they do the meet and greets, but Neil never really did. So, uh, but with that, yeah, he had a what was it? Uh, it was a, a brain cancer, correct? He apparently had been battling for three years, which is probably what brought on the the retirement tour that they did. I don't. I mean, I'm speculating on that. Yeah, for me, while well, Rush is not a band I've actually ever gotten into, mostly because of Getty's voice. It's just a personal preference thing, kind of like a Smashing Pumpkins thing with with uh, uh, Billy and everything like that. But I always, you know, obviously I respect them. They've had quite an impact in music overall, Prague, everything like that. Real wide but, palette of music too. They they changed correct. so much th- through the years. Now, and, and don't get me wrong, there are there are a handful of songs that I love by Rush, but their overall catalog I've just never been able to get into. But but they are a band that's – it's like one of those bands too that's very unique where you can have a – and I'm just going to always throw this out there. You can have somebody that likes ACDC and Kiss and also likes Rush, but they like no other prog music like Dream Theater and things like that. Correct. You know what I mean? They kind of break through that, that zone for people, wouldn't you say? I totally agree. Um uh, they're a greatest hits band for me as far as like what I like about them, but they were a band I always wanted to see live. Um, and to touch on things I've said in the past, now that that will never happen, th- that's the way it is. I don't want to see a different drummer with, with Rush. I don't need a, a hologram, that kind of thing. But that's a little yeah, off topic. But all, yeah, but also they're, they're serious but have a sense of humor about themselves. I mean, the fact that they were included, you know, basically is an inspiration for I Love You Man or Jerk Off, you know. <laughs> Right? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I mean, they were uh, on tons of episodes of the Trailer Park Boys, if you've ever seen those, uh, yeah. where they, they kidnap Alex Lifeson. <laughs> Most rock stars are supposed to be really approachable and really fun and easy to talk to, but for some reason, Alex wasn't. I need four tickets to your concert right now. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. Look, look I'm not a ticket agency. I'm sorry, I can't do help you with the tickets. You can't give me four tickets to your concert. I'm sorry. It's just one of these guys that, hey, I don't want to talk to anybody, and I'm a big fancy rock star, and you can't talk to me, so it pissed me off. Hang on a second, man. Hang on. Let's go. No fucking around here. Say a word with this. I'm going to tell everyone you sexually assaulted me. The cops oh, come are on, right. give me a break. Come with me. Just take it easy. Just going to go for a little drive. Hotel security. This man's drunk as fuck. He's uh, on what drugs. What's going on here? He's a male prostitute. I'm going to escort him out of here. Male He's prostitute? That's one Ricky uses a lot. I've seen him use that on different people. The cops come and Ricky's like, this guy's a drunk male prostitute and he's soliciting prostitution and he's trying to do things to me and he's a drunk male prostitute. I may have called him a male prostitute. I don't remember exactly. And But, I mean, very well, he could be a male prostitute. You don't know that. We're just going to take him out of his drinks as hell. He's got to go. Guitar you told me he's yours. But he got pissed off me saying, oh, you kidnapped me. And it wasn't kidnapping. So if he's going to say I kidnapped him, I'm going to call him a male prostitute. Where are we? Fucking best trailer park in the goddamn world right here. Good people, good friends, and we're going to fucking see a little show. Look, the first thing I want to do is make it clear this is not kidnapping, this is okay? totally kidnapping. This is not fucking kidnapping. This is fucking totally kidnapping. I'm born here for a little bit to play a little concert back at the trail park. You don't do that kind of stuff. Look, you're fucking in a rock band. You should be used to this shit. Can I tell you something? You're a fucking mental case. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I mean, that it's, you know, you wouldn't expect those guys to have such a great sense of humor from their public image music-wise. So it's, it's good well, to I see that I would say because they're Canadian. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Oh, but no, yeah, and uh, they were uh, they were kind of close with the, the boys and Kiss too. Uh, we talk a band we talk about a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about them. The, the impact of Rush is legit. You know, whether you're a diehard fan or not, there's no there's no taking away from it. And it's uh, it was definitely uh, sad to hear. It was nice to see Facebook filled with uh, a flood of you know kind of more positive remembrances for a change. It's it's too bad that it takes stuff like that to kind of shift the gears on on social media for 24 hours, but. Yeah, that was an outpouring. I was like, wow. I don't think there was. I think I would go like 15 or 20 deep before I'd find anything else out there, which is great to see. You yeah. know, I mean, he has obviously had an inspiration across across the board, musician-wise and everything. So, yeah, man, Neil Pert, rest in peace.
tell people the first day we met, the first thing we shared was a sense of humor. We started doing Monty Python sketches, you know, so having that, the sense of humor, if you share that, you share a bond, and I, I'm sure this is true for any relationship that anyone might have. If you share a sense of humor, there's a really good start to your relationship, and that's something that every single night on stage, we have little exchanges, you know, and they're wordless often, and we just have to look at each other a certain way, or um, uh, Getty and I will play straight man to Alex, which is a natural, you know, role for us in the band, but those kind of things happen every day and every night.